Yep. All right. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Rob Booker and welcome to the Forex podcast. I'm here with Sean Campbell. Hey, Sean. How's it going, Rob? It's great. So this is episode three in this three-part series about holding uh, one currency uh, and selling another at the same time for a longer-term inventory-style trade. Sean literally wrote the book on this strategy. It's, in my opinion, one of the greatest trading books ever written, and you can find it on Amazon. It's called Inventory Trading, and it's absolutely marvelous. Uh, the last two episodes, we've described kind of what inventory trading is to you and, and how you initially break down an inventory trading idea. And you've said that what you'll do is you'll look at an interest rate differential and you'll buy a currency that pays a high interest rate and sell a currency that has a really low interest rate. And you make the difference in interest rates. And hopefully also over time, that trade will appreciate. So it's kind of like buying a dividend stock. And I think we have to be careful about comparing them one to the other. Um, Strangely enough, I actually, although the regulators wouldn't agree with this, I strangely enough, I actually think buying a currency is probably a safer bet than buying a stock. I think on the whole, uh, currencies don't tend to go to zero. Netflix could go to zero. Tesla could go to zero. I mean, they're not likely to, uh, but they're not a country. The, Tesla can't tax you and then prop up its stock price. Exactly. Anyway, with that said, There's no central um, bank at Tesla yet. Yeah, <laughs> there's not yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's no nation of Tesla yet. So when you look at, at one currency versus another, and we've talked about interest rate differentials, and we both agree that's the most important thing that you can yep. look at, that over time, a bank that pays a higher interest rate is going to get a significant amount of deposits. And a bank that pays almost no interest rate is going to get a smaller percentage of deposits. Banks that are ultra, ultra safe and never likely to go bust can afford to pay less interest, just like the U.S. government, just like Japan. And nations that are a little bit riskier in order to attract capital have to pay a higher interest rate. And the, the, so the, the economics of this are um, developing countries tend to pay higher interest rates for holding their currencies than developed countries. Developed countries have stable banking systems and taxes and all kinds of other stuff so the country's currencies can remain stable. But then you have things like Brazil or uh, uh, Turkey or other countries, they pay very high interest rates because those currencies need investors. They need people to dump money into the bonds so that those countries can run their budget deficits and grow their economies and whatever else. Yep. Um, what just other, like, like anything else, they're, the, the investors want to be paid more for higher risk, right? I mean, exactly, exactly. Um, there's another way to do this inventory trading kind of scenario. And I want to talk about that right now. You, you could theoretically, you could look at the strongest countries versus the weakest countries. You could look at developed countries and, and, and uh, you can compare them to less developed countries. And the question that I would ask, if you're going to start with the exchange, you're going to start with the interest rate differential. I would move on next to where's the highest growth coming from in the world? Where, which countries are growing at the, at the fastest rate? Is it the United States or is it Vietnam? Well, it would be yeah. Vietnam, right? It would be, you know, where's the growth happening? And you'll yeah. tend to see that some of this starts to match up, that you'll see uh, economies and countries that are really developing and spending a lot of money to build infrastructure. They're trying to raise money in their bonds. And so they're trying to attract capital. And they kind of like kick the can down the road and they pay really high interest rates yep. and they just kick the can down the road. And I don't want to hold Brazilian bonds for 20 years. 
but you, so this, this brings into question. So if we analyze, let's say we do this, we say, all right, here are the growing economies here. They have the highest, uh, they have the uh, highest growth rate and then they have significantly higher interest rates. And so we want to, we think we want to buy those currencies on dips and we want to buy them against currencies that have really low interest rates and are very, very strong developed countries. Probably the yep. Japanese yen is our preferred vehicle yep. for that. How long do you plan on holding something like this? And how, what percentage of your capital do you allocate to a position like that? And how long do you plan on holding it? And, and when is enough enough? Yeah. So in terms of length, so that's dictated by, you know, I don't have a set, a, a, a set amount of time that we're going to hold this. It's not like we say, okay, once we open a trade, we're going to be in it for six months. We just, um, we allow the technical analysis to kind of give us the, the, the guide map to what's going on with it. We obviously do all the research beforehand and say, Hey, you know, like you said, with the interest rate differentials, growing economies, you know, all of that stuff. And then we just let the, the price action dictate. And we have, you can have a, a very structured, I think the, the part that was hardest about understanding how to do this was not taking on too much risk immediately and allowing that risk to, um, you can grow it over time in very smart ways that allow you to take on bigger positions over time. Because look, time's your best friend, right? Like that's, it, time is the, the, the ultimate equalizer in trading. It allows your ideas to work. And so going to your point on position sizing, how much position do we take? We take ridiculously small, like people would laugh at the, at the size of trades that I would take to, to work these positions. But over time, those, those tiny positions turn into literally thousands of pips, right? Which turns right. into, you know, fantastic returns because I think, you know, just personally, you and I have been around the trading world for a very long time. I think there are times where people get way too focused on short-term gains and what can I do today? Like, right. is this, you know, you know, you know, Pressfield's my favorite author, right? Besides yeah, Stephen Pressfield, Pressfield, the author of The Art of War, yeah, uh, and sort of the, the originator of the idea of resistance that yeah. when you are doing something important, you will, you, there will be a, an, a, a, an unseen force acting against you to try to prevent you from succeeding at that, right? And you have to blow exactly. through that. Yeah. And so, I mean, and he talks about this. I know it's the oldest thing in the book, right? But, but the marshmallow experiment where it's like, you know, do you get, they, 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 they put a marshmallow in front of you and said, if you don't eat it now, you'll get two in an hour or whatever. And 90% of people just ate the first marshmallow, right? And I feel right. like, I feel like that's one of the things that, that we run into with this is we want to take big trade sizes and we want them to pay immediately. And, you know, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not another business model in the world besides blackjack that, you know, that, that does that. I mean, right. you have to, you have to make an investment and let it grow over time and, and cultivate it. And, and, you know, you can make it work. You just have to be patient with it and find a way to, um, to, to manage the risk and then let time do what time's going to do. So one thing that a trader could do, for example, is once they've done the analysis that they want to be, they want to hold something and they want to hold it based on the interest rate differential and that they bought it on a dip, that they waited for their favorite, the New Zealand dollar Japanese yen to drop a bit, and then they're going to hold yep. it. 
one really easy way to start planning your exits is to just look for the the most recent previous high on a longer term chart. So if I move over here and share my screen again, um, I was just actually researching some of the swap rates and whatnot. You could you could draw a level across the New Zealand dollar Japanese yen in the neighborhood of 87. That is a level that the that this currency pair has hit multiple times. If you look at a weekly chart of the New Zealand dollar Japanese yen, it's hit that repeatedly. And that could be a level that you want to use to get out. So there are levels, there are ways to analyze this. Now, however, if you're doing well on the trade and it's paying you interest to hold it, you might actually decide that you want to hold that, that you want to keep that longer. And then you want to start using some advanced strategies that we can discuss over the course of our podcast episodes to kind of help you out with that. Uh, when we come back, I want to, Sean, talk about a story of a trader who did a strategy like this pre-inventory trading. And actually it made a lot of sense and it matches up really nicely with your strategy. And in fact, he ended up winning a ton of trading competitions around the world. And so I'm going to share with you and everybody else those stories and we can talk a little bit about that when we come back. Thanks for listening to the show. You can subscribe on Spotify and you can go to bookerforex.com and we're going to have a library of a ton of free cool stuff for you to get when you get over there. And uh, Sean, we'll be back. And 